to be disingenuous here, so I'm just going to say what I was saying off air. I'm ready to get canceled because I'm just going <laughs> to dive right into this. Okay, like, let's so, put whores in our bio. I'm like, please don't do that. I have a <laughs> literally, job. <laughs> literally, yeah. <laughs> Brandon Whore Bay. I'm telling you, fucking, this is what we're going with. Fucking Coors. Because yeah, we are talking we put- Coors. We're talking hooch. We are fucking letting it rip here on the D-Gen Cinema podcast. Um, so watching this movie, we're talking Leaving Las Vegas. It reminded me of a time when I was dating this girl who was a dancer. But she was to the point that she used to be a full-time dancer. And now she did it part-time and she worked at a fucking gas station for fuck's sake. She worked at a mm-hmm. gas station and then sometimes she would just be like, do sex work on the side. Mm-hmm. Like Anyways. sex work or dancing? I know like, you know. Uh, they're not interchangeable. And would thank you. They're not. Because they are not yeah. interchangeable. We'll get to that later. They are not interchangeable. But I don't know. She just would sometimes have money and sometimes not have money and not have full answers for it and i wouldn't press her she wasn't my girlfriend Mm -hmm. we were friends who had we were literally friends who fucked Mm -hmm. so it is what it is so this was when i was living in montreal she came to see me and we had a fuck i wish i had a better term than this fuck fest weekend we just had a weekend it's like let's just fuck as much as we can fuck Mm. and on the so she came down, we did Friday, we did the Saturday. I'm not going to, I'm trying not to be too explicit here, but it will get explicit later. And then on the Sunday, when we woke up, you know, it was like, you know, when you wake up, you do the, um, like lazy in bed fuck. Like, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just kind of uh, spoon around. fuck, like the spoon yeah. fuck, like the spoon mm-hmm. fuck, whatever. And then she says, oh, um, you know what I really want today? I'm like, what's that? Anything you want, because I love you this weekend. For the next fucking 48 hours, whatever, I love you. She says, I really want to see you fuck another girl. Jesus. I think that's so hot, right? And I'm like, hmm. Well, here's the thing. So she's hot, and I won't put her on, I'm not going to say her name or put her on blast, put her on front street, even, but she is hot enough that she had um, fucked hollywood a-listers mm. okay so anyways i'm just just to give an idea i am like so i i don't want to say lazy but like if it th- if i'm approached by a threesome it's like sometimes it, i'm like i gotta do both of these like you know what i mean like i like getting laid and everything but sometimes i'm just like that's well a here, lot of, here's that's a, a lot of things so we juggle. were pushing the envelope and she wasn't like let's have a threesome she was like I want to see you fuck somebody else. Oh, that's ideal. While she jills off, while she jills off whatever, mm-hmm. you know. But my point is, she's, I guess, hotter. Well, she's fucking hotter than me. And I'm just like a decent looking guy with some charm occasionally when I choose to. But she's already, like, she's bought in for me. And... I, I don't have a roster of ass. What I'm saying, I don't have a roster mm-hmm. of ass where I could you just say, "Okay, hey, I'm going to bring over this person. <laughs> Let's try that person." I'm yeah. like, "Hey, I imported you in." She doesn't. I'm living in Montreal. She doesn't even live there. I'm like, "I'm importing you in." You're an illegal like, I don't immigrant. Ha- like, 
she's you're immigrating for mm-hmm. your I'm sex trafficking. I'm sex yeah, trafficking. Yeah, 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 yeah. Come see me. Mm-hmm. So I was like, just straight up. I'm like, I don't have anybody. I don't have nothing on the roster. She says, okay, you're going to well, have to do this. She says, let's go to the bar and find somebody tonight. Oh, you had to be those weird people. Like, you know, my boyfriend and I saw you from across the bar. Like, okay, you had stop. To be that because, because just, just let it get there. Just let yeah, it get yeah. there. Okay. So we go to the, we go to this club. I think I'm almost certain it was club Tokyo, which is on Saint Laurent in Montreal. If you know, it's on the main anyways. And on the Sundays back then, at least it was good. We're there. Um, I want to tell on the side when the police came through. It's probably too long. Anyways, so like 18 police came through at one point, and I'm like, holy shit. Like, this is a lot of police. And they just chilled, and then they went to the back, and then they, 10 minutes later, all the police came out laughing and slapping each other on the back and left. So they clearly just went in and shook down the fucking place. Yeah. (laughs) So, So we're... But we're in, it's a club. It's not a bar. It's a club. Yeah, yeah. And I've been to like the main Montreal. That's like a big thing in the states because New York, you can go like right over and like go there when you're 18 and get like loaded and go to strip clubs and shit yes. like that. It's like because in Quebec you be 18, you just they don't care, right? Mm-hmm. The thing is, Quebec they like they rarely check fucking IDs and they don't to give a with. shit. Yeah, in to begin with. yeah. Um. So I said to her, okay, well. You're going to do better on your own because you're a hot chick with big fake tits. So you go on your own and then I'll just lay in the cut. So she's walking around and and I see her and she gets approached by the hottest girl in the bar. So I'm like, oh shit, like what's happening here? And then girl who's the hottest girl in the bar her boyfriend comes over and he's maybe the hottest guy in the bar he's like six three and chiseled and like whatever and they're talking to my girl and then they point over at me and this is and then the conversation kind of you know dissolves and she my girl comes over to me and i'm like oh yeah so like what's up right and she's like oh that couple approached me and they said, hey, we want to have a threesome. We're looking for somebody. Will you be our threesome? Oh, and Jesus. she says, oh, luck of the draw. Me and my boyfriend are looking for a threesome. And she, not boyfriend, sorry. Yeah, spoke, trade but, off. You know, me and my trade dude, off here. Dude, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, me and my dude are looking for a threesome. And she points over at me. And the couple who are the best looking people in the bar look at me. And they're like, what? Like, no. They shrug. <laughs> just, yeah. It's just like, like. <laughs> Yeah. So, so her and I, we end up. It just doesn't. It just doesn't mm-hmm. come to fruition, right? Yeah. Let's go to a whatever. Lot I, and I'm a, but I was lizard. like, they were they were so hot, I would have none of it. I'm like, I can't deal with this. You're too yeah. hot. That's like, intimidating. Yeah. I'm way too intimidated for this, right? Mm-hmm. And so, we leave the bar, and she goes. So I also need to make clear it is Montreal in February, oh, yeah, which is I know you live in New York yeah, and you cold. think you think you know cold. You have no idea what true cold is. Yeah, my best friend so, is from Edmonton and it gets fucking cold up there, dude. Yeah. Okay, well Edmonton's even another level, but yeah, it's, yeah, cold, it's another dude. level. Yeah. We leave. 
we get into the cab and I live like walking distance. Like it's, it's a short walk, but it's so cold. You have to cab. So we get into the cab and, and she says, Hey, um, where are like, where's hooker row? Like, where do we go to find, let's pick up a street. Where's the red light district. Yeah. And she's like, I just want to see you getting your dick sucked by another chick. Like whatever, like let's go. And I'm like, all right, let's go. Take the cab and we go down to uh St. Catherine area east when it starts getting east uh Montreal and it's there's nobody because it's so cold. Why the fuck would you be out? Even if you are a street walking hooker, you're like, fuck yeah. this. Yeah. So then we just have to go, we just go back to my place empty handed. There's like and penguins then we just, walking on the street. You're like, we're not getting it. <laughs> yeah, literally, yeah. It's just like fucking <laughs> like a polar bear like so we go back to my place and then we just engage and i just put on filthy porn and then we just engage in filthy sex through the end of the night it goes all night and i have to this is sunday going into monday i i have to work and i just fucking call into work sick fuck it Mm-hmm. And she leaves at a. I remember she left at like eleven a.m., ten a.m., and eleven a.m. And I slept for an hour or two, maybe. And I'm like, I can't fucking go into work like this. So then I go into work. And she leaves. Whatever, whatever. Doesn't matter. The relationship doesn't matter. None of that. No one cares. But then I, the next day, I go into work. Here's the thing. It took me an hour transit ride to get into work. It was on the, uh, that's how far it was. So one hour each day, fucking transit from walking to subway and then get off the subway, the full ride in the subway for 40 minutes and then get off, wait for a bus and then bus for 15 minutes and get into work. So I do it that next day. I'm still fucking tired. And I'm, my work was on the second floor of that building and he would just walk up it. And I remember walking up and I was about to open the door to go into my office, which is a small office. Doesn't matter. But I remember thinking, okay, so I'm, you know, 30 or whatever. And I go, how much longer am I going to live? I go, maybe 35 more years. I go, 35 <laughs> more years. And I thought At to myself, best. yeah. And I thought to myself, Fuck, that's so long. Like, I don't want that. Like, it's too long. And sorry, this is why I'm leaving out. I am working mm. as a writer. I'm a writer. I'm a big boozer. And I'm exact, like, similar. And I'm on the fringe of, I just want to, like, actually just give it all up and just, mm-hmm. like, fuck this. Yep, call it. And that was, like, I felt, like, on the cusp of becoming Nick Cage and leaving mm. Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. Do you know about the author of the book Leaving Las Vegas? A guy like John O'Brien, I think his name was. Do you know anything about no. this? No. So he wrote this novel in 1990. The film rights got bought in 1994. He never wrote another book. And he went to Vegas, drank himself into a stupor, and blew his fucking brains out. And the novel was completely autobiographical and his whole family is basically Mm. like you know that book was his suicide note and he never lived to actually see the movie get made and like when cage won the oscar that was like he's like i want to thank 
John O'Brien or whatever the name of this guy is, never wrote anything ever again. You could have been, I don't know, like fucking Brad Easton Ellis or Bukowski or something along those lines, but never got to that point, unfortunately, because he was a writer who got, went out, you know, all out. So, oof, we're going to... Try and keep levity going on this episode of D-Gen Cinema Podcast. Thanks, <laughs> <laughs> the podcast for fucked up movie lovers where two degenerates analyze film through the lens of the vices, addictions, and flaws that we share with our dysfunctional characters. Talking 1995's Leaving Las Vegas, directed by enemy of the podcast and known hack <laughs> Mike Figgis. Um, a movie. This is a about- wonderful movie. It is a wonderful movie. It's an okay it is movie. beautifully shot. Mm-hmm. It is somehow oddly scored that works. And he is a horrible director. Yeah. And I wish that <laughs> instead of the writer, O'Brien, I wish that Figgis would have shot his brains out. Then we'd yeah. probably be a lot better off. Yeah. Yeah. We wouldn't have gotten like internal affair or any of the bullshit that came. Well, after. internal affairs was, was before, but yes. Internal no, then we wouldn't have gotten, is, yeah, whatever. It's horrific. Yeah. Yeah, this this movie is a tough watch, but but it does feature the star making Nicolas Cage performance, a actor who we've talked about on this podcast. What are you we doing did- right now? Are you, are you trying to get me upset? I thought it's, you I thought you were going to tell I, me something. I thought you had something to tell me. Oh, I have a bunch of things to tell you, man. I have a bunch of things to tell you about this thing. I could tell you about the time. Oh my God, like I used to drink like really heavily. I lay it out about my failed threesome, how I'm just not handsome enough to fuck 12s, a couple of 12s. And you don't have the balls to tell me anything but talk about the dramatic performances in the movie. It's called the segue, my friend. It's an introduction. We have to get it out of the way. We have to get it out of the way. This is the formality of the show. But I will tell you about how I was very handsome and in very, very good shape in my early 20s. But I did drink a lot. But I was very dedicated to, like, regimenting myself and going to the gym. But I would black out constantly. And I don't think yeah. at the time I had a steady job. I think it was, like, bartending and selling drugs and uh, going to college. And lived in this town on the south shore of Long Island that had all of these, like, local bars. And my buddy, who... Eventually, like he was the next door neighbor of the woman who would eventually become my wife, like like his hot neighbor, like I married his hot neighbor. That's like how I met her. Mm. But um, he dated this girl like you ever go to like an Abercrombie and Finch, you know, like the girls who stood outside, Finch. like whatever they you know what I'm talking about, like one of those dumb stores yes. like and they had those girls who like stood outside. He dated one of those girls and we went like bowling and i was like so loaded and like she brought one of her friends how old are you ish 21 21 22 and i remember being like well i got no chance with any of these fucking people you know so i was just Mm -hmm. being i was drinking i used to drink rusty nails and shit like at the bowling alley you ever drink a rusty nail oh yeah it's drambuie and scotch both of those things are 80 proof and they're delicious um so I would just like drink rusty nails at the bowling alley. And then like his girlfriend's like, I'm, I can't say her name, but he's, she's like, so, so-and-so thinks you're super hot. And it's like way into you. I was like, really? Like, you know, like that is 
so bizarre to me because this girl is like a 10. You know what I mean? Like yeah. a literal fucking yeah. 10. Um, Isn't it funny though when you think when they're like, you're like, well, it's so out of my league so that it makes you relaxed because you're like, I don't have a chance. And that makes you be your coolest. And then she's like, ooh, I like how relaxed and cool this guy is. I'm going to suck his dick. Yeah, you're like, I oh shit. This guy Had you like- told me? Had you told me there was a chance you suck my dick, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have given this great um, cage-like performance. <laughs> I, I was probably acting like a six-foot-three meathead version of Nicolas Cage. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I was falling down yeah. all over myself and probably puking in the bowling alley. I used to get kicked out of there all the time. It was like such a dump. <laughs> And like I, I literally, I was on a bowling league. They like knew me. They would kick me out all the time. Multiple occasions from from a bowling alley. The same bowling alley. Bowling alley. Dude, That's one so time funny. I got so drunk at that bowling alley that like I took off all of my clothes and they like kicked me out and all my clothes were inside, and I had to like walk <laughs> home in the summer. And like I lived in like, and I'm like a big white guy. And yeah, I'm like this big white guy with this like little dick and I had to walk through like the hood basically at like <laughs> two in the morning and I'm just like, hello, sir. Like walking as fast yeah. as I could, like <laughs> totally fucking loaded because the bowling alley kicked me out because I was so drunk and, uh, and picturing American where- werewolf in London. I didn't know where my clothes were. And I just remember like, all these guys just sitting on their stoops and like everybody out and you know like in the hood on long island you ride like yeah. little bicycles like stolen bicycles and shit that's like a big thing yeah. it's always like big dudes on like little kid bikes and i just remember them yeah. like so they just discard yeah and they just throw them wherever yeah. yeah and they're just circling me and i'm just like get me the fuck home you know what i mean <laughs> um yeah that bowling alley shout out to patchog lanes i think they're closed now um and I started hooking Imagine up. Imagine they have great deals on pints in that place. They had no idea what to charge. Not for pints, pitchers. Sorry, misspoke. Pitchers. Everything. Yeah. If you are an alcoholic, everything was cheap. dude, if yeah. you're an alcoholic and like you don't want to feel like an alcoholic, get into like bowling, get into golf, mm. get into like things that like you're doing something while you're drinking. And it's like, no, I go bowling. Oh, I hear you. Tuesdays. But bowling specifically, because bowling definitely caters to it very and i unfortunately not to bring a bummer because we're trying to bring levity here because this is a story cast not just a podcast (laughs) we're trying to let it rip um but i have a bum shoulder on my prominent arm uh that's permanently fucked up and i can't bowl because i could do it like twice but if i did it like 30 times like my shoulder would be fucked up so it just sucks it's like i can't bowl anymore I'm nasty at bowling. I have my own ball, my own shoes. I'm like, I'm like sick at bowling. And I got sick because I just went there so much because I was such a drunk. And then I met this chick there who worked at Abercrombie and Finch part time. You sound was, like uh, Wahlberg and the other guys where he gets yeah. really great at dancing. And uh-huh. they go, how'd you get so good at dancing? And they go, oh, because there was the fruits in our, in our neighborhood. Yeah. We used to make fun of them. Uh-huh. And we used to imitate them with the uh-huh. dancing. He goes, wait, so you got good ironically yeah i guess mm-hmm. ironically i got yeah. that's like you with the bowling like i yeah. guess like yeah like god you really got, you got at great it. at bowling what mm-hmm. you fuck because you're a bowling nerd no i fuck bowling's fucking bowling's for queers what no, are you talking about weird. Just, uh, everyone who hangs out at bowling alleys are like <laughs> troll people with like no lives yeah, but, like, you know but uh yeah, yeah yeah i just hung out with those troll people for uh, too long and i got really good at it and i got really good at bowling but i 
would like hang out with this chick and she would like come over during the day. And it was always like during the day. And mm-hmm. I'm like, one, I, I'm not thinking anything because she's so out of my league and like I have a mattress on a floor. You know what I mean? I was like, what are you doing? Oh, so she would come over and not even hook up, like literally just come no, over no. to hang. She, she would come over to hook up, but like I like lived on like a mattress oh. on a floor and like it was like in college. I was like, this is crazy that like, yeah, have you ever see those girls who stand in front of those fucking places? They're like fucking tens. And then yeah, like, yeah. I was like, noticed her driving like a Lexus. And I'm like, something is up. You know what I mean? Like, this girl doesn't just work at I wonder how she gets that money. I wonder how she gets that money. And I figured it's not for the back then, the $8.50 an hour from Abercrombie. (laughs) Yeah. I figured out how she got that money real fucking quick, man. But I mean, I have no qualms with dating a stripper, a sex worker, an OnlyFans model, like whatever. You know what I mean? I was just like, Stop using me like a piece of meat, gorgeous woman. I don't know what was wrong with me yeah. at that point. This is, and we should make it very clear here. We should make it very clear. The DGen Cinema Podcast should go without saying, but we just want mm-hmm. to be on the record. We are pro sex worker. Mm-hmm. We are pro stripper. Mm-hmm. We're pro OnlyFans. Mm-hmm. We're pro anybody, male or female, who uses their body to get some fucking bank. We support them. And we support yeah, I, your journey. And if you want to date us, that. yeah, yeah, like we wouldn't be on this microphone right now if this was viable. No, if I could sell pictures of my feet on the internet, I would just like sit at home all day and watch movies and take pictures of my fucking feet. Dude, are you fucking internet. kidding me? If I could have pictures of my cock while I'm watching Sicario, Sicacchio, mm-hmm. I'm fucking. Sicacchio? Are you kidding me? Yeah, more <laughs> like Sicacchio. <laughs> I'm not gonna do the Japanese accent here. I don't want to whatever get more canceled than I already am. Yeah. After what Kim I opened with Sakaki, when you kill yourself yeah. in shame <laughs> with a giant dildo, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Subakaki. I impale. Yeah, I tear out my intestines with a fucking sharp bladed like dildo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I used to make like you know like you buy those cookies. They like come in a roll, you know, and like you cut the roll yeah. open and you cut them, yeah. and they like have Feels little very... smiley faces on them. You just make a whole bunch of them and just you and your boys get a ton of icing and you just spray it all over them and you call them bukkake cookies. Um, <laughs> you can also do it with pancakes, bukkake pancakes. I mean, go bowling. Honestly, bowling is fucking way cooler than fucking playing with cookies for fuck's sakes. Jesus, just eat the cookie. It was a bukkake joke. It was a bukkake joke. Um, leaving Las Vegas is about this writer, much like you were talking about, who ends up getting fired for his alcoholism there they don't say why he's divorced like he has this line like i got divorced because well I let me interject too much or there, I drink too there, much because i got divorced let, let me interject again sure it sure. is cartoonishly compl- uh cartoonishly played portrayed version of a fall down drunk mm. and not just a fall down drunk on, this is a suicidal drunk man who after he gets fired, it's his goal to go to Las Vegas from Hollywood and drink himself to the point of death. The, the grave. To the grave. Yes, yes. But he, early on in the movie, before the credits roll, and you and I uh, off air were speaking, it's they give the title card at like the 16-minute mark, thereabouts. Yeah. It's the 16-minute mark. Maybe 16 minutes, a little bit later. Yeah, it's sick. Which is dope. Mm-hmm. And But early, that leading up to that, 
he gets a streetwalker and she goes to suck him off and she takes his ring off his finger. Mm. Um, but he's going the way he's, he's like, I don't know if my wife left me. Mm-hmm. But, sorry, not to go into the mic forever, but mm-hmm. he was being so like cartoonishly, okay, he's like annihilated. Obviously, even by his standards, he's annihilated. Why are you talking like this? And why are you acting like this? And yes, we know what happened was you didn't become a suicidal drunk because your wife left you. You're just a fucking drunk. Mm-hmm. And your wife's like, I had enough of this. And then once she left, the governor was off and no mm-hmm. one was there to support you. And mm-hmm. that was it. Do and I wanted know, to ask you this. Brandon, do you know how long it took me to lose my wedding ring after I got married? I love this story, but I have it. So remind me, I have a specific question for you. Please I, go I ahead. Will. I will. I lost it the morning after I got married. Literally the morning after. <laughs> I stayed how old up are you again? Uh, 28. And okay. I uh, took, I think like, 120 milligrams of prescription amphetamines and i think i ate like 40 percocet 10 milligrams and a bunch of uh roxies like i was crushing them up at the wedding so i was like up and like i don't know what roxies are uh they're 30 milligram instant release oxycontin so you could snort them or shoot them if you want. oh okay yeah yeah yeah, they're they're for breakaway pain instead of percocet So I was like going and I was drinking a lot because we had like, I think we got like 10 kegs at my wedding. And um, yeah, yeah. And uh, I was like, I'm going surfing. Yeah, it was the beer. It was the yeah. beer that we yeah. over the top. <laughs> I'm going surfing. So like I went out and I went surfing yeah. before, like right after the wedding. And then like I'm I was driving literally back. surfing. Dude, I, I, yeah, I've literally surfing, went to the Atlantic Ocean. Oh my. <laughs> like, Took my, I think I took my nine six like a like a longer board with me because I was feeling kind of lazy and didn't know how I would do. And yeah. um, as I was driving back in my pickup truck with my board, I was like, "Fuck!" And I looked down, and my wedding ring is gone. So <laughs> I I Google that Coles opens, and it was a platinum band, so it was this silver thing, and mm. I Google when Coles is going to open. That was like just near my house. Like yeah. Coles is like a department. He also store. googled wedding annulments. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so check this out. I go to Coles. I take out a line of credit there. I buy twenty titanium bands. They're ten dollars each. They look- no fuck off. You mm-hmm. literally the day that next day you buy twenty. Uh huh. Before she even woke up, you just before- know your brain. You just know your brain. You're just like mm-hmm. I'm going to be a me- I'm going to be a I'm going to be a wreck. Yeah, I'm going to be a wreck. This whole I, this whole relationship. Honestly, I fucking love. I love committing to the fuck up. Mm-hmm. And I don't think enough people do that. I don't think enough people are like they have, don't have the foresight. Like, okay, I'm going to continue this behavior. Yes. So if this, this behavior is going to continue, you, you, like an average person would say, well, just stop that behavior. Mm-hmm. Like, well, no, fuck off, bitch. Yeah. The behavior is going to continue. No, so if I buy these, I'll never so, get caught. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So how do I, how do I, how do I maintain while continuing <laughs> this behavior? Yeah. And I had like um, a bottle of Crown Royal or something. It came in like a purple pouch. And yeah, I remember just Royal, downing yeah. the Crown Royal, throwing all, well, it was 19 because I put one off. My wife never knew. 
Wait, sorry, she, sorry. Where are you drinking the Crown Royal? In my pickup truck uh, in the Coles parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, like the purple pouch that it comes with? That's what they sat in. Of course I do. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> in my Ford F-150. I, the I rubbed the, the, the velvety, the velvety pouch on my fucking balls. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And she left me. Yeah, I get a lot lizard. And and I, do, like, me, but I don't know mm-hmm. if she left me because mm-hmm. I drank or because I rubbed the velvety pouch in my balls. <laughs> sorry, you had a very specific story that you wanted to tell me that you wanted to ask me. I'm uh, sorry. So, sorry. Oh, that's right. That's right. Um, Figured you would like that. I'm going to table it. Okay, I'm going to table this for a second and I'm going to get to it because I have a story I want to tell. But then I want you to tell me what I was going to say when I wrote down when I was watching this movie. I said when he was a drunk at work, remember, he, and he gets fired and he goes, I'm sorry. Because <laughs> he's, mm-hmm. you know, he's clearly a sweet guy because they treat mm-hmm. him very well. And everyone's yeah. like, oh, we actually do care about you, but you're too much of a fuck up. We have to, you have to bounce. Yeah, you're a liability. Yeah. When, don't get into it now. Because I got something to say, but when you were using hard, not drinking, mm-hmm. but using, did you ever have one of those moments at work or were you always kind of keep it together at work? Uh, I did get fired from a job, which eventually led to me getting the job I have now and like sobriety and stuff like that. Like, yeah, I maxed out basically you know what i mean like and they they was like i mean i didn't break down like a like a pussy the way no no obviously they're like they're like we're sorry you're like such a nice guy and i'm just like fuck you i'm gonna ruin your life i'm gonna fucking you know and like uh you're being combative i didn't do it like that but i did get a little like mean and Mm. to this day I still am a little mean. So like I'm a project manager and I used to work uh, in healthcare and my healthcare facilities got bought by like this big, large healthcare facility. And I used to do like installing like tile in, you know, I oversaw that and like stripping and waxing of those floors and stuff. And when I found out that the facility I used to work for got bought by this bigger facility and I could go after that bigger facility as a client and then make the department that fired me for being a fuck up null and void and get my boss who fired me fired, like have him lose his job. I a hundred percent did that. And yay for me, <laughs> like literally like last year, I like okay. held on to that. Okay. Switching gears here. <laughs> so, what I and I was saying to you off air and say it on here that I find the the portrayal of the Nick Cage Ben, I want to kill myself drunk. It is cartoony. It's over the top. Like it really is over the top. Some of it. It's wonderful. Mm-hmm. But at one point, not one point. Again, before the title credits come, early on in the movie. He's at a strip club, which isn't it really funny? That strip club, they had a live jazz band. Classic There's never been a strip club. club in the history. There's never been a history in the history of strip clubs ever. This never existed. 
Never, never. Burlesque is lame. Like I know hipsters. It's like not even burlesque, burlesque. though. It was, a, it was a strip club. I know. I'm just. I'm. I'm here. I know we said we're pro sex work, but I think burlesque is lame. So, I think it's whack. Like I, I want to see. Do not. I'm not anti. Anyways, doesn't. Matter. I'd rather get an ass in my face. I'm sorry. Call me a simpleton. Call me a simpleton. I'd rather some glitter with some tits right in my face. Yeah, but he's the at herpes the strip of uh, the herpes of craft supplies. That is glitter. It never gets <laughs> off. <laughs> You can't. You never lose it. You never no, lose it. No, it's for a, herpes of a bit of it. A bit of it. And it kind of. And there's flare ups too. Mm-hmm. There's flare. So he's he's at the strip club. He's next to uh, who's the actor? Harley Ermy. And he's From Full Metal Jacket. Chugs a pint that he brings in. Of I believe. I believe scotch it might be just whiskey, but it's whatever. brown. Fuck yeah, it brown matter. liquor. Yeah, yeah, we'll call it. We'll call it whiskey. But he chugs it. I'm telling you, I don't care how destructive you're feeling, whatever. Like an alcoholic. Well, and this is I'm gonna, and I'm also going to. I'm gonna say this, and I'm gonna contradict myself. Yeah. So an alcoholic doesn't drink like that. An alcoholic will grab it and just keep drinking it through the night and even drinking at a fast pace, but they're not grabbing it. Like this is my only chance, but I need to chug it. This is an alcoholic who like wants to die. Like that could be the equivalent of trying to put like a nine. I I understand, but you would. Okay. Let's take that off the table. An alcoholic in general won't drink it like that. You'd agree. No. Yeah. I I do agree. Right. Yeah, like an alcoholic who wants. They might to drink stay it alive. way too yes. fast. Mm-hmm. So I'm getting to a story. When I was in university, college. When I was in college, there was this guy I went to college with. Um, I won't use his full name. I'll, his name is Charles, but I will use his first name. And he's from Ghana, so he's a literally an African dude. Mm-hmm. Who, but he was raised. He had a perfect English accent because he was raised. Um, at private schools in England and whatever. Mm-hmm. And he just had these shitty parents who just put him through all these great schools, but never gave a fuck about him. And I guess he developed a issue about it. Mm-hmm. He would never talk about that, but he had a major issue. So he called me one night and we're just buds, like buds of buds. Like he's my friend's friends. And he calls me, and this is in the early 2000s when that's a bit like you're not even texting. You're literally calling. Yeah, picking up so he phone. calls me, and I'm like, hey, what's up? And I'm like, hey, hey, what's up? He's like, hey, man, it's, it's Charles. I'm like, oh, shit, Charles, what's up, man? It's like, um, and it was a snowstorm. It was a horrible snowstorm on a Saturday, Hor- like snowstorm of the year. And no one wants to do anything, but I do. Mm-hmm. And so does he. And he goes, I was asking around and people said, if you're looking for people, if you're looking for someone to party with, they said, he goes, they said, call Brandon. So I'm calling Brandon. He goes, you want to go out? I go, yeah, man, I want to fucking go out. He goes, all right, let's go to this bar. I think it's called The Drink. So I said, all right, man, I'll meet you in X amount of minutes, you know, 30, 40 minutes, and then we'll get a cab and we head over to the bar. And he brings a water bottle filled with 
vodka because mm-hmm. usually the lineup is around the block mm-hmm. and it takes like an hour plus to get in. These are when we're young kids and we will yeah, wait yeah. in line and You're do drinking this like you know? or something. And he, we get there. There's no line. There's nobody because oh, wow. it's a wow. snowstorm of the fucking year, right? Does he have to drink this thing before he goes inside? Well, listen. Please. So I go, I go, hey, man, I'll wait for you if you want to drink it for a bit or whatever. He goes, what do you mean wait? And he pops a cap and he just crushes a water bottle of vodka. And I was like, holy shit. And I was known in my circle as like the drinker guy. Mm-hmm. And I was still, I can't handle what, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, that's and death. I had to have I'm my not, stomach pumped a, because I did that one time. Like I literally chugged a Gatorade bottle of vodka, like a you know, like a liter mm-hmm. of vodka, and had to get my stomach pumped. Like went to the hospital. Like well, he's die. had his like I think to that point maybe he hadn't yet, but I knew on at least two occasions he had to have his stomach pumped in college. Right. Oh, fun. so fun we, but it's just me and him. I mean, literally just me and him. There's nobody else around. And, and we're expecting 800 people outside. Well, that's an exaggeration, but like 300 people outside. Yeah. And so we walk into the club and there are seven people. It's Oof. open, but there's seven people because it's a snowstorm of the year. Yeah, this is your and responsibility like, now, this guy, too. Well, I'm I'm just like, yeah. well, whatever. Because, again, he's he's my bro's bro. I like the guy, but – yeah, and. But he just drank a death we, sentence. Like you have to go to the hospital. Him, but I'm not even thinking that because, like, I had a couple drinks at my house, and then I got there, and then I start drinking, and then I'm just like, "Hey, I'm just." And mm. at one point, and he's actually then not now, definitely not now. But then he was super fit, dude. Like I was a baller, meaning like I was just hooping all the time, so I was thin and really in shape, and like all I did was play basketball and drink. But he was like another level of like just like a fitness guy. And he was grabbing these beams that were exposed at the bar and he was jumping up and just doing a ton of um, pull-ups, a ton <laughs> of pull-ups. And it was – and this, the bouncers were watching and they were like, holy shit. Like they were like, this is – like this is very impressive. And there's no one there, so they're not kicking anybody out. And so I think, all right, whatever. So I start drinking, and then slowly some people come, not many, but like some, instead of like six people at the bar, there's 26, you know, 36 something. It should be 360. Mm-hmm. And I'm drinking, and so I get my drink on, and I'm not bombed, I'm just drunk. And eventually I just lose them. I'm like, where the fuck did I? Where where's Charles? He's gone. I go home. Next day, he calls me. He goes, "What happened to me last night?" I I don't know what to tell you, man. And this is again, I'm bringing it back to leaving Las Vegas because when Nick Cage is sitting at what they call Pervert's Row at the strip club mm. and he just chugs a pint, oh, of Charles chug, and I'm like, people don't drink like that. I have seen it once, and it was Charles, and Charles chugged a pint out of a water bottle though and he goes oh well i woke up and i was in a random house 
And I said, oh, okay. Oh, boy. And then, so Charles was, but he goes, I was, it was the middle of winter, and he was coatless, woke up in a random house, and he was all bloody because he had fallen. Hmm. And a guy, he said, and I woke up, and this guy came out, and it was a guy's house, and he said, what the fuck are you doing here? And Charles was like, what? Uh, uh, uh. This guy's like, who are you? What are you doing here? And Charles is all, he's literally dark-skinned African, mm. and the guy is white. And Charles is like, oh, and he's all covered in blood. He goes, oh, I don't know where I am. And the guy goes, oh, that's cool, that's cool, that's cool. And then once he left, so Charles, the guy, Charles goes, I'm trying to go to whatever his um, 416 My House Ave, like whatever mm-hmm. the wherever he lived. And the guy says, oh, 416 My House Ave is actually like, you're fucking, you got to go south. You got to do whatever you got. to oh, okay, okay, okay. The guy goes, cool, cool. Pats him on the back. Charles leaves. Instantly, the guy calls the police. Yeah, no shit. And says, no fucking shit. Yeah, yeah no <laughs> so, shit. So yeah, this guy broke in my house. And so Charles got a fucking trespassing charge and whatever. Of course. <laughs> so yeah. I've seen, I've seen well, one person drink like... I seen one person drink like Nick Cage was drinking in this movie, and I'm like, this is what actually happens in it. Some of the stuff in this movie, though, is like, it again, cartoonish. Do people act exactly like Nick Cage all the time? Like, no, but some of the more like the withdrawing stuff and the way you keep going and you your mood the fight off the withdrawal. And the bipolarness of of alcoholism yes. too, like all mm-hmm. of that stuff is like mm-hmm. I think pretty authentic. Like I've um, I've had mood to... swinging from charming to belligerent, mm-hmm. and oh, dude, there's a great sequence in this movie where again, Mike Figgis is a fucking hack, but the uh, camera is like from overhead, almost like a security camera while like him and Elizabeth shoe are like playing at like a blackjack table or something like that. When she gets him the new shirt, she's got the new dress on yeah, it's blackjack. Like matching. Yeah. yeah. And they're having like a great time. And then all of a sudden he's like flipping the table and the camera doesn't break. Mm-hmm. It's just like, you know, three minute uncut take where I was like, Ooh, that was pretty fucking good. They get kicked out of the casino and everything like that. Um, mm-hmm. But again, the staving off the withdrawal stuff, you know, not eating like that's a huge thing. Like I, it's huge. And huge I've had thing. it recently on a recent bender. I had it too. Uh, Cause I was on a six day bender where I wasn't drinking around the clock, but I drank six days in a row. And now that I'm old and washed, I don't have it in me. And I was, I could, I went out with friends and we had this delicious food and I was barely snacking on it. And my friend who's a foodie and I'm a foodie, says mm-hmm. oh you don't like it it's like no i, I actually love it <laughs> i just mm-hmm. can't my stomach my i i'm scared i'm going to track it up and my digestive tract it's not even gonna puke like it just it. won't it just doesn't want it just doesn't want sustenance yeah i mean alcoholism at that level like i mean i'll fucking say it like my dad drinks to this day like two bottles of absolute daily Right. Like that's his drink. Like, wow. He, like to this day, like starts pretty early. Um, Is he retired? No, no, he's working, dude. He's working. Wow. Um, yeah. And, you know, he had a stroke kind Does of he hide recently. it or is he just like, he's just like, this is, this is how he I hides operate. it pretty well. But, you know, everyone knows no, I mean, he's to kind the of a lush. Oh, to the family? No, 
No, we all know. He, he yeah. doesn't. He just drinks. Listen. He's. I'm going to drink what I'm going to drink. And he, he doesn't fucking listen to us. I had to literally tell the the way I had to tell this guy I was a heroin addict was like he had a stroke, and we're like in the hospital. It with is him. after you're sober. Yeah, I'm sober a couple years, and like my sister and yeah, I yeah. are like literally in a hospital room, like waiting for the doctor to come tell us what's up, and mm-hmm. um, he's talking okay. And the doctor's like, listen, this is what happened. You had one stroke and then another one, and the one canceled out the other. You are, like, so yeah, yeah. fucking lucky. Um, How's everything? Can you talk? He's like, yeah, I can talk. And he's like, all right, well, we have you on, and I forget what it is, like, Nalixin or whatever to, like, calm you down. He's not listening to what the guy's saying. And yeah. Basically, like, we have you on this thing because, like, you're going through withdrawals really hard. And he's like, you know, we recommend going to a rehab for X amount of days. He's like, oh, I I don't think I need a rehab. I'm walking and talking fine. And my sister and I look at the doctor and we're like, he doesn't know what kind of rehab you're talking about. And I'm like, can you give me a couple seconds? I was like, listen, dad. (laughs) Like, I got to tell you, this this runs in the family. Let me level with you. Yeah, let me level with you. Like, we have to do this. Like, you have to do this. Like, you're literally in a hospital and the doctor is telling you, like, you have to do this or you'll die in front of your children. Yeah. Like, Like tomorrow. Like, you'll die next week, bro. You just had a stroke. You know what I mean? He's also like, um, like, he got pulled over down at the Jersey Shore with his airbag out. You know, and like didn't know what was up, and like the cop pulled him over for going like five miles an hour with his airbag out, like in a BMW. Like he's like that kind of dude. Um, but the we should get him on the cast. We should, yeah. Shout out John (laughs) Sansone. He's a good guy. Yeah, yeah. he would come on. He he would. He would love it. Um, he's a fan. I'm a fan. I'm a fan. (laughs) I mean, this is the first time I heard of this guy. I like this guy a lot. He's like he's like basically (laughs) Mr. Magoo at this point. Like he can barely see. And like, yeah. um, my sister and I, after the stroke, we like bought him like a, like a smartwatch and mm-hmm. we're like, you know, it could monitor your steps and make sure your heart rate's good. He's like, oh, thank you guys. And we're like, yeah, we put a GPS on that thing. So anytime he's going <laughs> over 15 miles an hour, we know he's driving and we can call the police. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like this guy just like takes cars and like just drives around. He's like 82 years old, like from Sicily, like can't see drunk all the time um we saw bruce springsteen a couple months ago he just like lit up a cigarette like in the on the floor and they're like sir and he's just like Meh. they're like all right yeah we can't tell you no look at you look at you <laughs> look, at him, no. okay, <laughs> like, look at this little like, guy I'm, he's like i'm fucking new york grandfathered in <laughs> yeah he's like i've lived through a world war in two countries you know what i mean yeah. like my yeah. old country <laughs> became another country um <laughs> but when you take people into rehabilitation, like when you not rehabilitation, but like before you get put into a rehab and they like can give you a bed because those things are fucking mm. packed. They're so packed because, you know, substance abuse, alcoholism, opiates, yeah. whatever is at an all time. It's high. an epidemic. Yeah, it's, it's a literal epidemic. Um, So you have to go to a detox and sober up and it's basically like a holding pen. Um, And it's like a place for you to like shake it off. Mm. They won't take like a full-fledged heroin addict they will like kick you out to make room for alcoholics and people who take xanax because like that will fucking that will fucking kill you so like we've literally driven people to these places 
and like bought Xanax and four locos and we're like, slam it. I know this sounds counterproductive, but like we want this in your system right now. So you get a bed, you know what I mean? And yeah. And they give you uh, uh, when you're, when you're a boozer in that situation, they um, give you, well, you said Xanax, but the living give you like, um, Ativans, Xanaxes, because yeah, yeah, those yeah, are course. what causes you not to, because what happens is you seizure. Stop having a seizure. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, it was you seizure when, because your body doesn't have it. Mm-hmm. So an ex I had, she was honestly just a partier, not even like she didn't have like a problem. She was just a partier. And then she got married and she got pregnant. And so she stopped everything. Right. And then, uh, a few months into having a kid, it was her birthday. She said, okay, well, I haven't partied in a fucking year. I'm going to yeah, go party. And she trouble. partied, but she partied her same pace she used to pre-pregnancy. Yeah. So a yeah, full year of sobriety. Yeah, that's what you And do. she said that, she told me that she chugged a, not chugged, chugged is strong, but did consume a bottle, like a, a fifth of vodka. Mm-hmm. And she had a seizure and she got hospitalized and she almost mm-hmm. bit her tongue off and she sent me a picture of it. And she, it, their tongue was enormous. Like it was disgusting. <laughs> she, she sent you the tongue, like Van Gogh sent the ear. Like, I love you. <laughs> Fuck. I wish she sent me, she sent me that tongue, man. I fucking wouldn't leave the Stick house. Up I just had that tongue. Yeah. Like, oh my yeah. God. She's so, she's so pretty. She's so, pretty. Right so, so fucking hot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wish I'd have that tongue. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, she's and she used to be like, you oh, you tongue need to be careful. With your finger. She's like, you need to be careful with drinking because this is what happened to me. It's like she's mm-hmm. telling me a cautionary tale. I'm like, I ain't fucking. What we talking about here? I'm not fucking Nick Cage and whatever. Mm-hmm. And but that rush I, for know. the fridge, you know, like you wake up in the middle oh, of yeah. the night. Like I've seen all that stuff and like lived with all that stuff. Like alcoholism is like yeah. rampant in my family, and you know my mother goddamn saint like you know she's sober like coming on 15 years now and stepfather too oh that's great yeah my dad not so much but they were all like that my whole family was like that i was on that path too we're also like we need to be very clear here this isn't a pro this isn't a pro sobriety podcast even though even though you are sober, which we love, and I love you sober more than yeah, anything. It's, it's a pro, like, know what you're fucking doing and, like, know what a know problem is. Know your fucking yeah. limits. Yeah, yeah. know what know you're what fucking a problem doing. Is. Yeah, like, know what a problem yeah. is and, like, know how it affects other people. And We're talking functionality here. Yes. If you can't yeah. function, if you can't function, get it fucking together, get sober, fuck off, right? That's kind of the, I mean, even if you can function, if it's, like, if it's affecting your life in a way that will be negative to your detriment, if it's like, making your life horrible and very negative, then change it and, and, and change shift it. gears yeah, gonna to what's going to make it, it positive. And that's one of the I have, fr- I have friends. Like, I, Cause I, I have like, friends who, who are like, I'm sober, but I was always like, I never really, they weren't you, you know, or mm-hmm. even me. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, yeah. Oh, but being sober has made enriched your life. So mm-hmm. I support you being sober. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. But don't sure. brag about how easy it was for you to get sober. You fucked a piece of shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't <laughs> tell me how tough like it is. It. Yeah. <laughs> you ever overdosed in a Coles parking lot? 
You ever have conversations about how <laughs> overdosing in libraries is a good move because they know how to like give Nalex in and call the ambulance on time? Like that's a literal. Well, that's a city thing. Oh, that's the city meaning that's New York only. Like fuck, you OD. Actually, that's not true. Uh, you hang out in a Toronto <laughs> library, you're just fucking. It's mostly just homeless folks and like mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah, so maybe and, it's and all like it's all DJs. over the place. Like people know, like yeah, true DJs yeah. know. If you're gonna overdose, do it in a library. <laughs> Which is funny because I'm somebody who I'm a uh, avid reader. Sorry, no, apologize I, for the term. I have a library I card. I go shitty. once a week. I do and I, yeah, I'm a big in the libraries. Yeah, I fucking love libraries. Yeah. How else am I gonna <laughs> get the Dune so- miniseries, the science sci-fi channel original miniseries for Dune and Children? <laughs> Dune. I, they, it's not streaming anywhere. I have to get the DVDs at the library. Uh, so before we're going to jump into Rex and everything, it's a little well, bit off here. I, I, I kind of want to talk about, touch on here. I want to talk about, again, this movie, we talked a lot about Nicolas Cage and his performance and his alcoholism, but there's the flip coin to this, which is Elizabeth Shue as her Sarah. I hate the stripper with the heart of gold trope. It's like almost the... It's nauseating. It's like the magical Negro. I hate to say it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's an annoying They trope. can be good people too. They can be good people too. Did you know? Well, they... Yeah, exactly. Like, they can be good people. I don't like, like this. I, it's like, oh, wait. So, because she's a stripper, you know... Do you know that strippers can actually care about people? I'm like, what mm-hmm. the fuck are you saying? Yes, they're just people yeah. with jobs. Yeah. They're human beings with a job. And yeah. if you could do what they did and make the money they do, you'd probably you would. do it too, you fucking asshole. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. And if you were dealt the cards a lot of times that they're dealt, or even if a lot of it's like the girl I was saying, I, I led it with, she was her father. Fuck, there's too much information. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't want to say this now, but like she was from a good family, a loving, good family. Mm-hmm. And she was hot as fuck, and she chose to take her clothes off for money because mm-hmm. she loved drugs and she loved fucking. Yeah, yeah. and she could. Yeah, yeah. of course. Yeah, but of course. Yeah. Again, like that is an annoying trope, but and again, the fall down drunk trying to kill himself kind of annoying trope. Mm. The performance of Shu, she sells it so hard, and again. Enemy of the podcast, fucking Mike. Uh, I'll say it. Oh, I thought you were gonna say uh, oh, no, Figus, 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 Mike yeah, Figus. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, hey, say what you, you will Figus. about he, he's a hack, but he essentially the cinematographer used super sixteen millimeter film, which is like the little tiny. It's not eight millimeter. It's not the tiny things. It's a little bit mm-hmm. bigger than eight millimeter, but it's essentially a very very tiny camera. This thing was not shot on sets. This thing was shot on the street. They didn't close down these streets. These are all real locations with just actors kind of whipping it out. And a lot Altman of it's style. shot in Altman style. Safties do it now. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> like with these really small cameras and we can do that now with digital cameras and things like that. And I think there is a certain authenticity. This is 30 years. This is 18 fucking years ago. Sorry, sorry. 28 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. This is 1995 and shooting it on essentially a home video camera. 
at, with such a tiny camera, like there is a natural insecurity as someone who's like worked on a film set. I always think like, how are these people fucking doing this? There's lights everywhere and like microphones everywhere. And this, the cameras are gigantic. Like they're literally like gigantic mm-hmm. boxes take in you out your face. and they take you out of the moment. Of course. And this just allows these two performers specifically to like be in those moments where mm-hmm they're sold so well like both of them uh cage won the academy award shu won the golden globe and was nominated for the academy award kind of rightfully so i fucking cage was up Not against kind of, definitely rightfully so in the fucking mid 90s where oh you didn't want tony churning out for Nixon. <laughs> yeah, yeah oliver stones that was what he was up against um <clears throat> but uh i think shu really does sell this and I think this movie embodies Vegas very well. Like, have you very been, well? It's have you been to Vegas? Vegas? It, it's old Vegas. It's a mix of old and new because a lot of this thing is yeah. shot at the Excalibur, yeah. which is part of the new strip, like mm-hmm. where they built the Luxor yeah. and everything. But the stuff where they're like going out gambling and walking around, that's all like Fremont Street and like old Vegas. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, Golden Nugget golden nuggets yeah that's on your way down circus circus golden nugget yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. um have you ever been to vegas i have and i mean i have a 30 second story it's not that enrapturing but if Mm -hmm. you i would rather you go ahead yes i have i've only yes i have i i've been to vegas a couple times and never had a good experience in vegas like it's not my kind of city necessarily Mm -hmm. um I feel overwhelmed by the commerce and the consumerism yeah, of it. It deliberately point- wants to use you and lets you know you're being used. Yeah, I don't appreciate Hence that. why it's, it is a very good um, platform for this movie, for this it's movie. Really good platform for this movie. Because again, like mm-hmm. the broken souls yeah. finding love in yeah. Sodom and Gomorrah. Mm-hmm. essentially and i never appreciated the consumerism and the first time i went to vegas i was there for five days and that is way too that's long so to many that's so many that's, that's that's way too many it's <laughs> way too many and i went there and i think i duct taped at least like 40 ecstasy pills underneath my balls between my balls and my butthole and my friend taped how old are you to, 19 20 19 20 young yeah young young young. look like an adult but like and my buddy must have i think we probably brought about like two or three ounces of coke over an airplane with the duct tape to her below our decks you know what i mean post 9 11 but uh like we went really hard and i remember like some stranger in my hotel room and i'm young this guy's older and he's like, dude, if you want to trade some of what you have for what I have. And I was like, yeah, what do you have? And he's like, oh, it's called like 2CTB7. I was like, okay, what does it do? And he's like, oh, it's like acid. I was like, okay, I like that. You know what I mean? So I'm like all coked up. I'm fucking hammered, taking ecstasy on airplanes and smuggling drugs across the country. And then I take these research chemicals, essentially, these like manufactured hallucinogens on top of my drinking bender and go to a concert and I'm with my three friends taking any, well, you're taking some of the shit that you brought as well. Oh, I'm so coked up. I wrote my name 
in I wrote Andy in cocaine and just ripped it like in like you know like like shit like that. You know like, how do- foolish you sound though, bringing drugs to Vegas is like oh and saying it on a microphone. Yeah, I know, I know. No, no, but no, it's, no, 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 it's but better like, in New York. It's better in New York. Like things are better in New York. You know what I mean? Like I knew you hear what I was like it is ridiculous to risk that on a flight where you could just you can procure drugs in Vegas very yeah, very I was easily. fucking 19 years old, dude. I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. You know what I mean? And uh but no, yeah, just like, I want you to just Oh yeah, admit, no, I, I like, understand. Oh, I've been yeah, to yeah, Vegas yeah, as yeah. an adult and I realize you can procure drugs yeah. very easily in Vegas. It's ludicrous. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's, it's ludicrous to take tough. that effort. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's not too <laughs> tough. But um, I vividly remember, like, the most cartoonish hallucinations of my life happening, where, like, I am out of On my body On the drug now. that the guy gave you? hmm Out of my yeah. body. Like, fully out of my body. All of a sudden, I'm outside, and my one friend, shout out Scooter, he's with me. And Scooter, the way he tells it, he's like, you handed me, I handed him, rather, my cell phone, my social security number and my credit cards. And I was like, and my driver's license. And I'm like, this is all I am. This is who I am. And he's like, what? I was like, this is all I am. All I am. I'm my money. I'm my ID. My life is in your hands. And I just told him my life is in your hands. And then I took like one step and just got whacked by a car, like whacked by a car, like so hard. (laughs) And just like sprung up like a cat and ran and I don't know what happened after that, but Scooter later found me at the Circus Circus because mm-hmm. uh, we were staying down there by like the Golden Nugget in New York, New York. And I'm just like in the Circus Circus. And he's like, you were just drinking this like comedically large margarita, like basically yeah. like lying. Yeah, that's what they the hand floor. out there. Yeah. yeah. I'm like laying on the floor drinking this thing like, <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. You know what I mean? And and it was just like the absolute worst experience of my fucking life. And if you were gonna go somewhere to like kill yourself, that's that place would make me want to do it. You know, I'm not a suicidal guy, but that place will make me want to do it. I can't believe you're not a suicidal guy. No, no, I'm the opposite. I like my shit, man. No. I, I like no. my shit. I like my shit. I have very strong suicidal ideations. Mm. Hmm. Uh, yeah, don't fucking research chemicals, man. Those are the things. You know, as a kid, like booze was something I liked because, like, I was always this kind of high tolerance kind of human. Um, mm-hmm. And my buddy was actually telling me today, he's like, one of the things that was always fucked up when you were getting all fucked up was like, no one ever knew you were fucked up. Like, we didn't know when to be like, are you okay? Because you were always kind of functioning. And he's like, I think that's why you like really dug like, pounding scotch and like ketamine and like angel <laughs> dust you liked like the cartoonish ones oh, where man. you just turn into so like funny. hunter s thompson crawling on the steps like bruh, like yeah. you know like the the wolf of wall street like him like going out to the lambo like i like yeah. that 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 was always my goal like whatever got me there you know what i mean um i was never into that i tell you man i uh when i was 14 <laughs> years old i had my first drink and I instantly, instantly, like people would they, that they talk about her- heroin or whatever. I was like, oh, this is my favorite thing in the world. And I love this. Mm-hmm. And to the point when I was a kid, ninth grade, I started, when I would go to school, I'd grab my coffee and I would put fucking booze in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, same. And 
I did that for a bit. And then I was like, oh, but I hated the come down. Mm. And I was like, oh, this isn't sustainable. And I just mm-hmm. stopped that. I just, mm-hmm. and I just stopped that. And I just stopped mm-hmm. that. And all through high school, I actually, I was just somebody who used to just drink very, very casually. Just very casually. Yeah. And get drunk at parties. But like uh, if it got drunk, if I didn't get drunk, I'd go weeks without drinking or weeks without whatever. But whenever I tried anything else, like I never, anything else I've tried, it has never hit me like I love this. Nothing. Even like MDMA, whatever, which gives you that euphoric thing. Mm -hmm. But I get my depression after that shit is literally jump off a bridge type depression. Yeah. So I just, I'm like, I'm not kidding. Like literally like I want to jump off a bridge shit. So I'm just, oh, I don't fuck with any of that and I, all that. I just don't, it just never hits me. But booze does uh, as what we're do you, rambling on. What, what do you think about, because I'm sure you know people like this, um, the broken person who finds the other broken person and each of them are together trying to either fix each other or one of them who's a little less broken is trying to fix the other one, but they don't have their shit together. Like I, I've seen this so much in my life. I don't understand it. Like it seems like such an obvious, like get away from this. This is not good. I, Oh, you're missing. You're missing the bigger picture is that we're all just out here just grasping. We're all out here just fucking grasping at straws. Sure. And then when you find somebody that lets you feel somebody who lets you feel equal as, you know, like, hey, we are on the journey together. Even if our journey is going to be shit, you're just like, at least someone's on a journey with me. That's what happens someone's there with me. This isn't this isn't how I approach it. I just know that's how they rationalize it in their head. and. And I understand it. But sometimes it's like you could get companionship in so many other places. Like, why did you choose that? Like, especially Elizabeth. Yes. Like this, this chick is fucking 12 out of 10. Like we were joking before we started recording, like for $500, you could come on Elizabeth shoes face. That's a no brainer. Like, you know what I mean? I'm going to the bank right now. You know what I mean? I'm like, yo, here's 700. Keep the fucking change. What are you talking about? Keep the change. (laughs) Slap it on her forehead. It sticks. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Keep the change. Keep the, keep the change on there. By the way, I'm paying you in singles. (laughs) Yeah. Just so I can throw it. Yeah. Yeah. So you're painted. Yeah. Um, Um, Yeah. I, I I guess, you know, to, to, to what you were saying, like, I do understand that. Like we are on this journey together. I found someone who's broken like me and, you know, maybe we can heal together or just be there for each other. There's no healing. Be there for each other, I guess at that time. Yeah. Yeah. I just want, I just want someone to lean on while I'm going down this. Or maybe he needs that. And she recognizes that because she stays with him till his death. Like this movie ends with his death and Mm -hmm. she's just right there. He doesn't need it. He doesn't even know what he needs. He first and foremost is taking the booze and that's it. Mm -hmm. The second hooker he gets is smoking, by the way, that brunette. Yeah. Who he gets like when Elizabeth shoes. Yeah. Yeah. Smoke show. Smoke show. I've never ran into pros like that unless like, I called called. I've never. Oh, I mean, in like Vegas, that. in the Vegas, the pros you can get because it's all leveled. It's all leveled. You can yeah, get. I know. Like, you make phone calls though. You don't find them on the street. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> the way they portray it, it's like it's fucking New York, like eighties New York or whatever. Yeah. But uh, the girls you can get, like I have a friend who told me that he him and his buddy, they had money and they had these girls come and 
they lit the girls literally showing them that they were in Maxim magazine. Ooh. But like, there how much do you think it is to fuck that chick? Two grand? Yeah. It was like $2,000. Yeah. yeah. Two grand? Yeah. I know my price range. Yeah, like 2000 Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something for. like that. It was like $1,500, $2,000. And they go, they go, oh, we don't want to pay two grand. And the girls go, okay, well, we'll send you somebody who's more in your price range. Yeah, I get and it. then they sent twelves that were 500 an hour. And they're like, okay, this is more like it. Yeah, that's more uh, like it. But I want to get to movies... Rex, I want to get to Rex here, unless you want recommendations to, unless you in a similar vein, not necessarily a movie like exactly like this film, but a movie that would be complementary in tone, in style, or in thematically to Leaving Las Vegas. Pairs well with it, yes. leaving this similar taste. Similar uh, taste notes on your taste buds. Yes. We see you, Martin Scorsese, stealing our shit with your box. Fucking. So, <laughs> well, so, shout out to Scorsese because yeah, we sure. were uh, killer, killers of the Flower Moon fan. But yeah. so I'll, I'll go right. I'll go right here. The Girlfriend Experience. Oh, Steven Soderbergh starring Sasha Gray, who at the time was a retired porn star, but she still was the biggest porn star in the world. Yeah, she and was the she plays the time. a high-end call girl, escort, sorry, a high-end escort, and she kills it. And it's also similar to this. Soderbergh does his, that was when he was in his, it was like early on in his, he's filming like with handheld camera, trying a lot of POV shit and mm-hmm. digital. He's a little red on that. Uh, the red cam yeah. at the time, the red, yeah. it was the red one. He shot that thing on the red one, which was like predating the Ari Alexa, but it was after like Sony. It was, it's a consumer camera. I don't it's have like, it in front of me. I believe it's a 2009 movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 2009. Yeah, 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 yeah. Shout and... out Sasha Gray. She's like kind of still doing it. You know what I mean? She's got like a yeah, YouTube she's channel. very good. She's very good in that movie. She's only playing herself, even mm-hmm. though she wasn't doing, but she's playing Sasha Gray, the fucking whatever you want to say, mm-hmm. sex worker. Anyways, uh, that is my first recommendation. And I I highly recommend it to anybody, even if you're into this movie or not. I highly recommend the girlfriend experience. Is the TV show any? It's good? very Have short watch. It? Sorry? Have you seen the TV show? The first season is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. It's Amy Sametz, uh mm-hmm. with um, you know, the girl who we spoke about her. I forget if that was on air or off air that we had that long conversation. Riley Keough or whatever her name is, right? Yeah, she's fantastic. Uh, the yeah. first season is wonderful, and my friend who works in the industry, she is a giant fan of it as well. Cool. The first season, uh, the second season is not as good, and then it's just don't even bother. Then it just becomes don't even bother. Yeah, they change the cast up with each season, right? It's something like that. It's not even just a cast. They change the people behind the camera and everything. Mm-hmm. So that's my first my first rec, girlfriend experience. Uh, I'm going to choose a movie that has nothing to do with sex work or alcoholism, but it does have to do with like kind of being at the end of your rope and not knowing what to do and not being able to find the people around you to help you with what you need to do. Like just kind of really 
despair, I guess would be the word. And uh, 2008's uh, Kelly Reichardt's Wendy and Lucy, a great performance by Michelle oh, Williams. Yeah. <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah Michelle Williams, Williams plays a just homeless. it. Yeah, yeah, and she plays like a homeless girl who uh yeah loses her not dog. so homeless as uh she's like a drifter unhoused mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah and and can't find work and loses her dog and basically but is like, looking for work is looking actively for work. looking for work and she's trying to make the trek because she has a job for months in uh i believe it's alaska mm-hmm. she just needs to make it up there mm-hmm but, but she's so she desperate and in so much despair yeah. that she can't make it. And it's just a really lonely, yeah. cold movie, like really, really emotional movie um, mm-hmm. that allows you to empathize with somebody. And like Elizabeth Shue in Leaving Las Vegas, she's very pretty. So you're just like, oh, like you're very pretty. Like why are you having – even though she is – it's as ugly as they can make Michelle Williams, who is a yeah, beautiful yeah, she's person. Still Michelle Williams, she's a movie star. Yeah, yeah, she's still Michelle Williams. It's like okay, mm-hmm. even your ugliest, you're still like pretty. Mm-hmm. But if you don't have good structure, meaning if your family didn't give you good ten- tenants to base it upon of your adult life, then you are gonna flounder. And she's yeah. floundering. Yeah, it, it reminds me of. Um... Heaven knows what the Safety Brothers movie with Ariel Holmes, um, in a lot of ways, where it's like this, just you know, good person in this horrible situation, just full of a lot of despair, like real end of the rope kind of stuff. So yeah, yeah. I love that movie. We talk about Kelly Reichardt a lot on this podcast. Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, Wendy and Lucy is uh, by a lot of people considered Reichardt's best. I don't share that, but it's fantastic mm-hmm. it is a difficult watch uh difficult my watch. next one i'm going to bring it a lot lighter what do you think I'm gonna, okay if we're going to say las vegas movies what do you think i'm gonna what do you think i'm gonna pick here uh, I bet you can pick it con air oh i like that i like where your mind is that is not it swingers okay. oh that's a fun movie and it's just a fun vegas movie it's independent and uh, two bros, Vince Vaughn, and uh, why am I drawing a blank on John Favreau? Uh, John Favreau, and it is directed by what the fuck is this? The guy who did um, that was a huge movie growing up. Um, as just like a white the guy who did dude. the uh, yeah, like, like, Doug Lehman who did um. The Tom Cruise movies. I repeat, Edge of Tomorrow. Yeah. 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 But it is the quintessential Vegas movie of our generation. Okay. Although it's and it and it came out just as I mean, I guess you could say it's like a Gen X movie, uh, but yeah, I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gen X yeah. like what is the uh it's like just before the hangover. It predated the hangover. Not just before, mm-hmm. it's a full 13 years before the hangover. But it's an indie movie. It's tiny it's about people in vegas who don't have their shit together and they're trying to figure it out and it has a very wonderful shots of old vegas yeah that's a fun movie too like that was a and it's fun and honestly it's fun it's got some bummer moments but overall it's a fun movie dude that's got some huge fucking moments and like that was a huge dvd vhs movie growing up as like a teenager that like i watched 
probably like 40 50 times growing up like yeah. just my friends and i would watch that before we went out and shit like just dvd style i'm gonna go bummer and drunk and probably take the most stereotypical drunk movie but i like this movie because mickey rourke and faye dunaway rule in this movie and that's barfly yeah Yeah. it's a great movie it's It's an all-time favorite of mine all-time is it oh yes yes absolutely love it it is um it was written for the screen by bukowski Mm -hmm. and bukowski has a cameo at the bar Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And uh, it got a lot of flack because people are like, oh, Rourke was too good looking and he wasn't Bukowski enough. I, he was wonderful. No, he wasn't Bukowski. He was Rourke being a fall down drunk with some Bukowski in, infusion. Yeah, that's like what the fuck naked, do you want? Like naked yeah. lunch. Like Peter Weller isn't fucking Burroughs. Like, yeah, Peter Weller is yes. much more him. Yeah, you know yeah, what I yeah, mean? Yeah. Like same kind of deal. And again, like, I said, and I, it's wonderful, scuzzy New, uh, not New York, LA, scuzzy uh, mm-hmm. LA in Barfly. Yeah, like Skid Row style LA, like yeah. the dumps of fucking California. And you know, I mentioned like heaven knows what with um with a uh, Wendy and Ariel. Lucy before, but like later, yeah, Mickey Rourke again does like the wrestler, which is like kind of like another like end of the rope kind of thing. Um, later on in his career. Um, well, I mean, kind of, we could have, I mean, the wrestler partners very, very well, pairs very well with Leaving Las Vegas. 100%. If you just want a feel bad afternoon, that's a good way to mm-hmm. go. <laughs> Barfly also presented uh, by Francis Ford Coppola, by the way. It was a Francis Ford Coppola production. That I think I did not know. So my weird. last is uh, even um, 18 times more of a bummer than you suggested. And it's a movie that very few people have seen. Stars Maria Bello, and it is called Downloading Nancy. Oh, yeah. And she is a housewife who's on the internet, and this is when the early days of the internet, mm-hmm. and she's looking for somebody to kill her because she just wants her life over because she just hates living so much. Mm-hmm. And she finds a man, played by Jason Patrick, mm-hmm. and she will you kill me? And he says, yeah, I'll kill you. I'm looking for someone to kill. Mm-hmm. And they fall in love. And he eventually still does. She's like, look, I know we're in love. I know we're doing this love thing. But like, you got to fucking kill me. Mm-hmm. And he just says, all right. And he fucking kills her. <laughs> Jesus. Jesus. Yeah. I love, <laughs> it's, it's, I love Michael Nyquist too. He's in that movie. And that guy's the best. Like, uh, he's really, yo, dude, he is fu- RIP, by the way. Um, yeah. he is, yeah, he's wonderful. Yeah. He he's plays his man. business partner. He plays, sorry, he plays her, he plays Bellow's husband's business partner. Um, downloading Nancy, if you can ever stomach it, very few people can. I recommend it for the bottom 5% of this podcast. And if you if you tune into this because you want to laugh, don't check it out. If you tune into this because you were you think of yourself, well, I'm dysfunctional and these are two two dysfunctional beings, maybe it is for you. But uh yeah, the time the time's ticking here. So what do you what do you got? I went to go see a movie 
And when I was leaving, I told my date about how many times I shit my pants on stage because I used to drink so much and do so many drugs. Mm -hmm. And like one time I had to um, literally have my sound guy like hose me off at the venue. Like there was like a hose in the back and like he had to take my clothes off and hose me off and throw me in the van and load me in because I used to shit my pants all the time. I would get so fucked up. Um, I think two thirds of this movie are a masterpiece and then the end is what it is. But Bradley Cooper stars born is like kind of good, right? Like that's like almost it's, a great uh, movie. Yeah. I'm like the first third is, is a, tr- is a flat out masterpiece. I, I think like the first the two thirds is really second, good. The like, second third is, good is really solid. The last mm-hmm. third is like a, you literally get the fuck out of my face get up, get the fuck out of my face i don't think that like get the fuck i think that's dramatic i think it's good it's just like it starts so strong and so energetic and then like it definitely is too long and, well, i'm like, i'm sorry for taking a dramatic take for the yeah. first time ever yeah no i'm just <laughs> saying i i don't think that's a get the fuck out of my face movie i think that's a good like a like a almost a great movie and then it's like Ah, oh, you almost stuck the landing, but you just like you like overstayed your welcome, kind of. That movie, like, it it's more overstayed welcome. welcome. Yeah, it's more yeah. overstayed welcome. Because like the last ten minutes are fucking awesome. Like the last ten minutes of that movie are fucking yeah, that's awesome. great. You know, yeah, and the Sam Elliott shit, it's great. Uh, when he's you getting stole my goddamn voice, deep and everything, that's mm-hmm. great. You stole my voice, uh, but honestly, that. Literally, you watch that movie. It's it's and it's for some reason two hours and twenty minutes or some shit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It should be an hour forty five. I'm really looking forward hour, to his Bernstein movie. By the way, if it was an hour forty five, and they just gave it to us, whatever, it hit us, hit us, and then kept it moving. Mm-hmm. Although I do like that there was no redemption because honestly, like I. And I wanted to include the movie Crazy Heart with Bridges, Jeff Me Bridges, too. Me too. as a fall down. But they do the whole after school specially in the mm-hmm. last act there. It's mm-hmm. like, fuck, you had it. And then they just go, oh, well, now he's sober and he's got it together and he's like clean he's and he's happier. And no, it doesn't. It's not that linear. It doesn't work like that. And it's you're somebody who's becoming sober. Becoming sober is actually the easiest part of being sober. It's the getting your life together. That's the hardest mm-hmm. fucking part. And, you know, somebody like Nicolas Cage and leaving Las Vegas, even if he got sober, it doesn't matter. Being sober wouldn't have fixed him. He's done. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's done. cooked. He's cooked. And yeah. one of the things I like about A Star is Born and leaving Las Vegas is the partner in it accepts the other person for who they were like warts and all you know what i mean yes. like yeah, yeah the whole shebang the good the bad and the ugly much like i accept you warts and all brandon 